Scotstone. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Welcome back to Warriors Weekly and the final Warriors Weekly of the 2018-19 season. Thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in on our debut season. Over 100,000 of you have done so. I'm delighted to be joined by Managing Director Nathan Bombrys to look back over the season but also look forward. Nathan, let's start by looking forward. Today we, we launched a new club badge, a new brand. Why now? What's prompted this? I think it's, it's a project that's been on the go for... Uh, for 18 months, almost two seasons, that um, we've looked at the logo, you know, for Glasgow Warriors, and we just sometimes when you reflect, you question, you know, you question things and ask ask questions. And that logo has been around for 22, 23 years since since we were kind of invented at the the dawn of professionalism, really. And it's something over the years I've been asked to look at and reconsider. And we just felt now, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago wouldn't have been the right time. Uh, we, I didn't feel anyway, but now with the, the club well established in Scotston, with us playing in front of you know sellout crowds every week, and then you know regularly making kind of the knockouts and in the Pro 14 and the semifinals in the Pro 14 and uh, last two two last three seasons quarterfinals of Europe, we d- felt it was time to to look at that identity again and, and get something that represented uh, where we are as a club, who we are as a club, and. And where we want to get to as a club so so you know that's you know we looked at went back we looked at um the name we looked at the warrior we looked at the colors but there's just when you have supporters that are traveling all over europe and you know wearing the black and blue it's very distinctive we have probably the best traveling support in the guinness pro 14 um and then the champions cup it, it tends to go up another level and you got supporters dressing up as warriors and, and just having a good time with it and we just felt the equities there in that warrior, but we wanted to make him feel more Scottish, more Glaswegian, um, and we also wanted to bring in the heritage of of the club. You know, link. We feel really strongly uh, linked to the city of Glasgow. So the new font um, was actually taken from the Yarrow shipyards, kind of Glasgow kind of shipping tradition. It's a real industrial style font, um, and the the Glasgow District Rugby Union kind of. Lo- Glasgow District Rugby Union logo is incorporated into the back into the shield on the back of our logo. So it's it's our history, our heritage, our values uh, brought together, and and we think it's a nice shiny uh, modern new look. You mentioned the supporters there who follow us everywhere. It's it's a brand that means an awful lot to an awful lot of people. Then most importantly, who was involved in this process to make sure that this was done as well as we could have possibly done it. Well, we've we've consulted with the the supporters over the years in many guises. We have a a real steady dialogue with our supporters, with our supporters club, the 16th Warrior, um, encouraging all the staff here to get out and and engage with supporters as much as possible. Um, so they had, you know, that feedback that they constantly give us uh, was really important. Uh, the players, you know, we discussed this with the uh, with the playing group and and got an understanding of what was important to them and. The players actually developed kind of their own uh, version of this a year or so ago um, for internal purposes to talk about their values and, and what that means. So that served as a as an inspiration for this as well. Um, and then also our, our own staff who led this, Jeremy Bone and, and his team led on this with uh, um, one of our business club mac- members, actually uh, an advertising agency called Good, um, does it develop this, this concept for us. 
what does a new brand mean in professional sport what does that what does that mean apart from this the shiny new logo it's, it's not a new brand it's a new logo um i think the brand means what it means it you know we're a we're a family friendly um community engaged rugby team that that plays some attractive rugby you know we represent glasgow in the west i think if you meet our players on the street or meet them here at Scottsdale, they're all pretty humble guys. You know, they're all pretty down to earth, normal people who want to um, just want to do the best they can for the club. And, you know, they all come and sign autographs after every game and engage with supporters. And, and you see, I, I feel it on match day that we have a probably a closer relationship with the, with the fans closer than any club, any rugby club I've seen. How about you? You know, you've, you've seen, what do you think of the, the close the relationship between the supporters and the players at this club i think it's i think it's really growing and it's i think it's something unique to the league ha traveling with the team as much as i do and seeing how other clubs do things it's it's a, it's a bond that i haven't seen anywhere else in the pro 14 certainly that connection that they have which kind of manifests itself at the at the end of games in that signing session and um that it kind of transcends away from the playing group to you must be stopped an awful lot yourself, but to the point that even me for doing this little podcast, people come up to me and take time out of their day to say, thanks for doing that. We we enjoy it. It's great. It's, um, yeah, it's really humbling. Yeah. That's astonishing when that happens. <laughs> you're walking through central Glasgow and somebody shouts, Nathan, and you kind of turn around. You're not, you're thinking about, you know, the meeting you're going to or something and you turn around and, Somebody stops you and, hey, good luck at the weekend, or they want to have a comment or a word or something. That, uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's pretty rewarding feeling when you when you when you get that. And I know a lot of Glaswegians. I was I was with um, <laughs> I bumped into Mark Evans, who's the former chief executive of Harlequins, right. many years ago. He was at BT Murrayfield uh, last week, and uh, there was a fire alarm, and I met him. Bumped into him in the hallway. He was in at Murrayfield. He's a he's a consultant now, doing some some work and uh he was telling me how glaswegian his family is 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 his, his, his grandmother and everyone in his family is very very glaswegian and uh he was saying that he cannot believe he thought there were three cities in the uk where rugby would never take off and he said he can't believe that members of his own family who are you know football true you know through and through uh now just want to talk to him about glasgow warriors and it's uh it was a pretty interesting conversation to get his take on that well, not being not being Glaswegian myself, I've I don't think I've can properly understand how huge this is. That the other day at Celtic Park there were forty seven thousand people there watching a rugby game. For me, I've come been involved in this club and it's always been growing, but the support's always been been amazing. But I think that's why it's important to touch base with the history of the club when the badge was being made, the people who were at Firhill, Hewenden before when it wasn't the case, and that they were involved in that process. Yeah, the it wasn't just the the numbers at that game; it was the noise they made. I mean, they <laughs> these people were shouting their heads off, you know, and stamping their feet, and um, and they were all dressed up. They all had Warriors Warriors kit on. Um, looking back, I think I'm going to start my ninth season with the club, and you know, they talk about Hewenden. I, I remember going to Hewenden as a punter um, years ago, and and you know, people come up to you and say, "Hey, I'm a I'm a season ticket holder from them Hewenden days," and I. I must have met 10,000 season ticket holders from them Hewenden days, but um, they, they still say there are only a few hundred actual season ticket holders. But, they, you know, they're really, really proud of 
um, the association with the club and, and what the club means to them. And uh, I think it's you know part of the identity of being Glaswegian to have a successful sports team that competes um, on an international scale uh, gives people a, a real sense of, of, of pride. It's something they really appreciate. Let's go back to that, that final at Celtic Park. Result aside, it was obviously very disappointing, but let's put that to one side in terms of an, of an event and a day for the club in Glasgow as a city. What to, what did you make of it? I'm still pretty disappointed, to be honest with you, Jack. <laughs> it's a tough one to get over. And I guess for, for, for the players, I'm gutted for the players who've put so much into the season. And you just saw in the, that last run of games, you thought, yeah, we finally – we finally putting this together and you know we're gonna if it goes to an arm wrestle we'll still win the arm wrestle um so i'm pretty disappointed but also i think off the field it's been a couple of years in the making that that final you know putting together the bid to bring the final to glasgow um you know you you know all about that you wrote the document yeah. with me so um and, and getting it to glasgow getting it to celtic park was was great um in my mind when we were doing that yeah, I had this vision that we were going to be in the final and you were just going to be deafened by this noise of the chant, we are Warriors chant. Um, and that came true, you know. Um, and that was pretty special to, to actually be in the stands and go, this is what I envisioned years ago when we were putting this crazy idea together. And, and here I am, you know, living it, experiencing it, being part of it. And the other thing I envisioned was... Um, Ryan Wilson and Callum Gibbons lifted yeah. the cup, which which didn't happen. But that was great. And I went to the Supporters Club event earlier that afternoon before the final. Um, they'd run at a, a facility, a massive facility. And um, there must have been four or five. There were more people at that venue than were in the clubhouse after after a Warriors game, just j dressed up and, you know, having a great time and excited for the game. And, uh, and that was just to see how happy everyone was and, you know, and uh, excited they were with anticipation for that final was pretty special. I'm keen to celebrate what was a ultimately a successful season for the club. Um, let's start with the rugby aspect of things. Personally, for you, you're at every game. What was, were there any particular standout points that you enjoyed? I think um, things that stand out, I was, I was pretty despondent after the first game, after uh, Connacht away, um, we'd made kind of mistakes that I'd hoped we'd, we'd gotten through, but um, I guess I should have been less less despondent because we, we, we found a way to win, and it was nice to see Stuart Hogg kind of, he kind of took control of that game really and helped us find it, led us to, to victory there. And, um, you know, the, the home win over Munster was pretty special, the way we put them away, and then only a few weeks later we went over, over to Thoman Park and with, you know, a lot of players missing. Um, I think Stafford McDowell made his debut, I'll never forget that first touch. We, he ran right through the middle of somebody. And, um, you know, we, we I was actually sitting next to DTH, Vandermerva, watching the game because he didn't have a seat in the bench. Uh, no, he was ill, and uh, it was warmer <laughs> warmer yeah. next to me. Um, and we were just, just so both excited by the way we were playing and, and really should have won the game. And I still hold out. We technically did win the game because the referee apologized for that last penalty. Um, Scarlets, here when we, you know, we're down to 14 with a red card and just showed that resilience to, to deal with that game and, and get a big win over a, of, of a good team. And, and then, you know, uh, going over to Lyon, anytime you win in France, it's special, but, um, nice setup over there in Lyon and, and a good team. And, but they knew they were, 
home at, away and home, they knew they were second best against us. And that, that kind of sent home a little message that kind of felt, hey, these, this is a big, really wealthy French club that's looking up to Glasgow Warriors. That's, that's a sign of progress. Something that stands out for me now when you look back on, especially our European campaign, in our pool, Lyon, am I right in saying semi-finalists in France now, quarter-finalists? They've just, yep. they've just beaten Montpellier. Yeah. Um, Saracens, English champions, to get out of that pool in the way that we did was actually really impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> if you look at it, we were beaten by the two best teams in European rugby. Not the two best teams this year, but the two best teams, I'd say, for the last few years. You might add maybe Racing 92 gets into that over the last three years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so and we're competitive i mean you know there's a bit of a gap between us and saracens in the end they beat us they beat us three times um but we had opportunities and um certainly the home game here i felt we we could have won that and um you know we beat leinster over in dublin which was my first experience of that in eight seasons which was nice and you know could have beaten them again in the final if, if um if you know if things had gone our way on the day so you know how do we get to be one of those best teams? You know, we're of the best teams in Europe. I think we can say we're one of the top clubs in Europe. We are. That's what I want to say. We're we're one of the top clubs in Europe. I think we can genuinely say that out loud now and and mean it um, and expect it. How do we become one of the best clubs in Europe? That's that's a big question. I think. Looking back on the season again, but from a more commercial point of view, we had as a group we had a a meeting last week to reflect on the season and discuss things we did well. What what things do you think off the park have gone really well? It was great to see us sell out every single game. It was great to see us uh, get 10,000 people here for that last home game of the season against Edinburgh and then do it again against uh, Ulster. Um, we want to continue to improve you know, the match day experience as much as we can. But I think the big thing is, is um, and we've, we've, got, we've got great sponsors and partners as well and who really support the club and, you know, um, contribute financially but also contribute uh in other ways too you know they contribute with their their business expertise or their energy or their ideas and and uh and it's important they get behind the club and the players too that interests me because to uh to the untrained eye it might seem that a sponsorship of a of a of a sports team is just we will give you this money you will display our logo but can you give us a few examples of or maybe a really good example of where one of our sponsors helps much more than just in a very shallow financial way. Yeah, I think um, SP Energy Networks and the rugby championship that we put together at Sinitz, I think we just finished the third season of it. So 25 state secondary schools, boys and girls, um, playing in a rugby, an actual rugby competition that they wouldn't get. Like That was the whole genesis of that. They wanted to do something good for the community, with Glasgow Warriors, we wanted to create something, a rugby opportunity that d- didn't exist before. Um, and, and we came out with this, and I think, you know, we've now seen teams kind of graduate from that. They're too good for that. You know, they're actually mm-hmm. playing in Scottish rugby's, you know, um, higher level competitions. We've seen schools, you know, really, uh, really enjoying that. And um, it was great to see how that's going. So there's an example of a sponsor actually, yeah, they're contributing, they're contributing money uh which is important we need money to to survive you know we need money to to grow as a club um but there we were able to put some of that resource into something that's gonna it's gonna you know be a little bit more lasting than 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 uh, contributing just contributing to the rugby team you know how else have we have we grown commercially in this past year um again we've had a an, another year of 
of financial growth, which is great. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we've gained some new sponsors, um, in a, in a number of areas we've, you know, gotten on board with, uh, partnership with the university of Strathclyde, which is really intriguing for me. I think it's going to be a fascinating partnership and one that we're going to see some benefits from, uh, over the next few years. And also I think they're going to see a lot of benefits from it. Um, companies like, um, McKenzie Construction, um, getting involved and, and, you know, CubeNet, you know, getting involved, both giving us feedback that they're having a great time, you know, really enjoying the experience. And uh, that's a big part of it, I think, for the sponsors, too. It's about getting, you know, some some valuable return for their business. But a, a lot of it's about just enjoying it. Their staff, their, you know, their, their board, their you know, their, their staff, their customers just enjoy the association, you know. We need a sponsor for this podcast, Jack. That's that's <laughs> that's what we need. So I uh, better get working on that. Well, if any of them are listening, then then you know where to you know where to find me. Let's talk about the league as a whole. How have you have you found the Pro Fourteen this year? It's been kind of a couple of years of transition. How have you found that? I don't know what. You know, it's uh, I've really enjoyed the conference format. Actually, I don't know about you, but is that is that because you're American? Is that because it's something you're used to over here? We're much more used to a. The, these teams all play each other once and then there's a list when, and then the, the top one's the best one when the league were trying to flesh out um you know what a 14 team competition could look like i i kind of stood up and went right this is how you do it in america <laughs> <laughs> i did i had one of those full-on uh yank moments um american moments this is what we do and yeah it is and you know big i i enjoy watching the nfl that's the other sport i get to watch and um the uh yeah the conference format is just simple it's just second nature and actually when i came to britain i'd never heard of uh the idea of a league this kind of league format where you play everyone home and away and then you give away the cup to me that was a foreign idea mm -hmm. you know for me i had to get my head it took me some time to get my head around that it's like you play everyone home and away across the season at the end there's no playoffs there's there's just a is that it and and then i couldn't get my head around what's this thing called the league cup? What is that about? You know, and, and, and mm -hmm. these kind of concepts. So for me, that was unusual. Um, and I guess likewise, you know, the, the conference format and the playoffs, you know, has been unusual, right? Playoffs are still mm -hmm. less than a decade in the pro 14. And I wasn't, you know, involved in the English premiership when I think the last year Gloucester won the league and then they lost out in the playoffs and uh, they didn't win the, but the title was the, that was the, was that the last year the league title was the actual title or the first year that the playoff title was the actual title? So Gloucester have never won the league because, because they of that. top of the league, but they've never, they've never got the so cup. So that was the first year yeah. that the, the cup was awarded to the person, the, the club that won the playoff, right? Okay. That's right. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to, to bring that up. But I remember uh, having people try to, try to explain that to me. And I said, well, of course it's the team that wins the playoffs. That's the, that's the way we do it in America. That's not, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what I grew up with. So that's what I know. That's first nature to me. Have you noticed um, a response, uh, people getting on board with it over here? The conference system, I mean. I think people really like the conference system this year, the last couple of years. I think it's, it's fairly easy, you know, finish top three and you're, you're in the playoffs. Um, and it's been fairly fun. I think the downside is people would question some of those cross-conference games, um, what the you know what's at stake sometimes but you know for your team you want to win every game and so what's at stake is you get league points um i think it's fascinating i think it's actually added a new 
a new talking point um, to discuss in the, in the pub or whatever, you know, over a coffee. It's given you something to talk about. The South African team's inclusion with your business head on, was that uh, an opportunity? It, what was, what did that mean to Glasgow Warriors and, and you? I think um, for the Pro 14, it brought in um, a chance to try, try our brand in a new market, a uh, new television broadcaster. Um, I think, you know, we, we went over and have done a few bits and pieces in South Africa with some of our sponsors, which, um, you know, Famous Grouse have a big um, have a big uh, setup in, in South Africa, and they entertained, you know, guests at both of our games this past season with, with, with some great feedback, which was really good. Um, I've had a few other sponsors engage with us. Even, you know, um, a friend of Kyle Stain's father a year ago was one of my guests in, in uh, the Toyota, St- Toyota Stadium. We were playing the Cheetahs, and he said, oh, you've heard of this fella called Kyle Stain. My, um, he plays for the Greekas. My, uh, one of my good friends that's his, is his father. And by the way, is uh, the kid Scottish qualified? And um, happened to be chatting some more and a little bit of Googling on my phone. And uh, Gregor Townsend was also at the game. And I remember tapping Gregor up and saying, have we heard of Kyle Stain? What are we doing? You know, chatting to him. And um, yeah, when we got back, we checked him out in months detail. later, he's starting the Pro 14 final. Yeah, yeah. Some some achievement. He's come in and and uh, been really impressive, hasn't he? And, mm-hmm. and a, again, a, a great statement. Uh, about Dave Rennie selection policy, isn't it? If you're if you're you're on form, you're going to play. And um, yeah, some stories. So I'm really pleased for him that he's off with uh, going to join the Scotland team for the World Cup. You're uh, heavily involved in in the recruitment. Are we? We're expecting to see a couple of new faces. Stuart Hogg's moving on. How as as a managing director do you handle a a position like that with a player who means so much to so many people leaving and the expectation that comes with filling those shoes I think Stuart has a, been a great player he'll be he'll go down as one of the all-time great warriors and I had a good chat with him um before we le- before he left left us and um you know I think he said publicly it's not uh it's it's not you know it's not farewell it's so long or <laughs> how did he put it I can't remember how he put it but he said he'll see us later he might see you later so um he really loves the club and you could see that in the way he finished with the club with all the you know, literally put his body and, and his head and his heart into it. Um, there's there's a view sometimes, I think, that players are going to come and then they're going to go. They're going to outgrow outgrow Glasgow. And, um, you know, that that's one thing I'd like to change. That's something I'd like to tackle a little bit um, here in that why why should we be resigned to that? You know, why do we have to think that you know, we're just the place you get found and get developed. You know, a lot of great players, you know, have begun their careers and done big things. But um, in time, I would like to see players thinking of this as a place to, this is where you want to be to achieve great things. And I think we're we're getting close to that stage. Um, but likewise, we, we also have to develop, you know, we want to develop players. We've got some really good young players coming through this club. And when a, a fellow like Finn Russell leaves, it's an opportunity for a guy like, uh, you know, Adam Hastings and um, I think the coaches are, are quite pleased with the standoff play that they've seen this year and and excited by it and enthused by it and and likewise Stuart Hogg's departure will create an opportunity for uh, for someone else in our squad to step up. What does it mean to you that we've created an environment here, a culture here that Stuart Hogg will say something like that, like this isn't goodbye, it's see you later. That DTH Van der Merwe's here again, Nico Matuaalu's here again, Rory Jackson's here again. That that's that that's what the club is. It's a place that people want to come back to. 
it's you know it's great and I, I think the players themselves should get um get the credit for that you know the the environment that they create to train um the environment that they have as a as a family off the field um i think they they create those friendships and they keep those friendships and those bonds and i think the players deserve a lot of credit but and also i think yeah the club you know the club does get some i think some credit as well for for just creating that that environment as a overall place that you want to be you know people a lot of players have left glasgow over the years and uh would you believe it they've, they've been in touch fairly you know fairly soon after mm-hmm. they've left to wonder and think uh, maybe 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 I could come back. I've had that phone call a few times over the years. So, I want to touch on recruitment again. I spend a lot of time with Dave in press conferences with Dave. I hear everything he said to the press. And one thing that really struck me is they were asking about who are we bringing in to replace Stuart Hogg. And I like the way he answered it. He said, if, if I was turning over a third of my squad every season, then I'd be doing something wrong. It's the fact that we will make six or seven little changes, but if it was more than that, then actually there's something wrong with my recruitment process. Would you agree? <coughs> I think the the hidden thing about recruitment is it's retention. You know, we we want to first keep the keep the players we've got. Um, and what the fans maybe don't see is that you know there's a there's a cost in retention. You know, if you do your job well, and any job you do, uh, you do your job well. You want to be you know recognized for that. And I think. That's the focus as, as, as we try our best to do that, um, and that's that's the priority because we have some good we have some good players here in the squad. Um, where we are trying to recruit, and Dave Dave really is 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 strong on this is that you know if we're going to bring someone in, we're going to bring someone that's going to help us, is going to enhance the squad. He's going to be better than you know better than what we have, or he's going to bring something else that we don't currently have necessarily in our squad. Or we'll just stick with the players that we've got, and um, Dave's really impressed me with that philosophy on a number of occasions. Where he's, you know, if he says something like that, he really truly means it, and he backs it up. What are the challenges building a squad for a World Cup year? Well, um, 2015, we lost 21 players to the Rugby World Cup, which was the most of any club in the world. Um, we were on the back of that was our. We were kind of backing up a, a league championship, and um, you know we we probably you know struggled a little bit through through various parts of the season, and then kind of got in a big run um, at the end. When we, when we're planning this squad, it's it's really forecasting who's going to be who's going to be here and who's not going to be here. Um, Kyle Stain and Scott Cummings being you know an mm-hmm. example of guys that have just kind of played their way into contention. Um, so that's a that's a real challenge. Scotland then have four warm up games. So, you know, that'll be be watching those with interest or be biting be biting my nails, I'll be honest, when I'm watching those games. But um and then and then the final squad and, and what happens. So it's it's a lot of forecasting to be done. And not just Scotland, we've got, you know, guys in USA and Tonga and Fiji and, and Canada, so players in a number of squads. Uh we want them all to do well. We want them all to play and just make sure that we've got enough enough players here to to cover us during that World Cup, but also after the World Cup, because players are going to need rest at various times. And I think with our coaching group, one thing they've shown over the last couple of years is, um, you know, we've real seen some some real strong um, growth from our our players when they're here. You know, whether that's young players or 
guys maybe that don't get opportunities as much as they'd like. We're seeing a lot of those guys develop, so it's a, it's a great opportunity in that respect too. How conflicted are you when those international squads are named? You're obviously delighted for those selected, but then, like you said there, you're one, two, three, four, 12, 15, 16. <laughs> How much of that goes on? I think I've been said to a, a few players when they came back, uh, you know, came back on a Wednesday, oh, am I pleased to see you, <laughs> you know? Um, look, oh, sorry, really gutted for you, but we love you here, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, they usually get a smile and a reaction for that. Mm -hmm. So you, you want the guys, they want to play international rugby and you, you want them to be successful. But um, we also want to be successful here at the club. So it's just important that they feel made, uh, you know, well, great. Put that, you know, put your disappointment aside. You've got you've got plenty, plenty to do here. And, you know, we'd love to see you do it. You know, you mentioned earlier that we've had sellouts all season and we've had sellouts all season for a few seasons now. We've got. We know there's at least 47,000 people in Glasgow who who are interested in rugby, but we've got a stadium here that holds 7,500. What's the, what's the next step? Yeah, um, now's the time really to start pushing. We, we, have, a, we have a good scheme that we've been discussing with the city um, for a while, and we're at a point where I think we're, um, we're pretty happy with it and you know, we're getting to, to the stage where we can, you know, we can fine tune it and get the stakeholders all aligned and, and begin to talk about it publicly and see if it's something we can make happen. Um, so increasing uh, the capacity here at Scottsdale, um, giving us a larger, a larger fan base, a larger capacity, but also improving the facilities is, is the other thing we need to do. So um, more food and beverage, more corporate hospitality, more, um, Facilities for the team as well, uh, more training and, and, and rugby facilities. So I think we've we finally come up with a really good scheme, and we're in the later stages of, of just finessing that, and uh, hopefully we'll be in a position to start talking about that in a public way soon. But these are conversations internally that have started. These aren't just pipe dreams. <laughs> no, um, these have been you know high level discussions with the city. Um, discussions with various stakeholders, discussions with the athletics community, discussions with, with Scottish rugby, regular we're getting, you know, regular updates on this on this project. So um and you know and you know drawings and a in a in a whole scheme, um, which is really exciting. So we want to get our capacity up to, you know, certainly ten, because we've just shown that we can do ten. Um we have, you know, five and a half thousand season ticket holders. I think the Warrior Nation membership represents about three thousand extra season tickets so there's there's eight and a half um so north of 10 would be my my objective but again it's it's not just the number of seats it's about the quality of the facilities on a friday night i think a lot of people would you know if they could come and and, and ha come here be entertained before the match have a nice meal um watch the match stay after celebrate stroke commiserate you know debrief it over a over a beer or a coffee or something i think i think they would so we want to be able to create that whole experience you, you want it to be a, a night out at the rugby rather than the 80 minutes on the pitch well it, it, it i i believe it is a night out at the rugby uh right now but it's a night out at the rugby where you know we'd like it to be a in, in a better facility you yeah, know okay. <laughs> basically <laughs> you know i think i think people do enjoy like i go in that clubhouse after every game and it's it's always very very busy and people you know, uh, having a having a good good discussion about the rugby they've just watched and, and enjoying themselves. And, 
you know, credit to the players who, who go out and engage and sign autographs or go across the clubhouse or go into the Harper McLeod club deck to, to chat about the game. I think that's all part of the experience of, of, uh, of club rugby. You know, it's, that is a night at the rugby. So just how do we create that on a, on a bigger scale and a better facility? On a, on a personal level, how are you enjoying life at Glasgow Warriors? You, you mentioned earlier you're getting stopped in the street, but I'm, I'm keen, how is it different to you've worked in Premiership Rugby, as you alluded to? How is, how mm. is life as MD here for you? It's, it's, um, it's a pretty rewarding place to be. I think I work with some really talented people um, off the field, not just on the field, and people who are really driven to, to succeed for the club. Um, I think there's a really nice family feel that we, we try to help each other. And while we all want to be successful ourselves, we all, we, we all understand that the way that we are successful is that the club's successful, right? Um, whereas, and in, in my, my experiences of, um, my experiences of the premiership were also, also really, really good. Um, but I think there's just a little bit something different about the Pro 14, about, about Glasgow is a little bit, I just feel it's a little bit closer to the supporters. I think, you know, people in Glasgow, sport is part of their identity. And I think we're becoming part of people's identity, their sporting identity in Glasgow. We're not just a club they go watch, but we're actually, I'm from Glasgow. I support Glasgow Warriors and, you know, pick one, pick your football team. And, and you know, and, and they're proud of that, I think. And that connection's quite unique. Um, the other thing about the Pro 14, Jack, is the um, the trips are better than <laughs> they are in England. Um, you know, we get to go to some pretty cool places, you know, uh, Parma and, you know, Treviso and, you know, uh, Port Elizabeth and, you know, uh, the odd trip to Swansea. And, uh, you know, and you see the, the support we get in these places. Every game, there's at least a couple of hundred people that have made Glasgow Warriors supporters that have made the trip over and, you go. I'll go and chat with them on, before the game or on the street if I see them in the town or, or whatever. And you get all kinds of stories of why they're supporting. And it's just a big family. It's just a f excuse to get together as with family and friends, isn't it? But they um, they usually seem to be having a pretty good time. So um, that's really nice as well. We chatted a bit about recruitment. We've done a bit of recruitment from the coaching point of view. We announced that yesterday. Petrus Duplessy is a – well, tell us what he is. Petrus is our scrum coach. I think he's been uh, probably unofficially doing that in some respect with John Humphreys um, since he's been here, or certainly since maybe a couple months after he got here. Um, and but he's 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 going to be available. He's going to keep himself fit and be available to train, particularly during that World Cup period. Mm -hmm. um, but he's uh, he's going to be our scrum coach uh, next year. And I think we've seen we've seen a, a good shift, a positive shift in our scrum. Um, over the last few months, and you know, I'm not trying to take take away from the work John Humphreys does or, or anyone, um, but it's just been nice to see a shift in our scrum. And um, I know Petrus has brought some some new ideas and some new thinking to that, and excited to see that. But we've also got um, Jason O'Halloran for no another year at least, and I think Jason's a man that eats, sleeps, breathes rugby, and really has this in depth understanding of the game. And has been a, a huge benefit to Scottish rugby uh, and to us. I'm, I'm really pleased we've got him. Um, and then, yeah, Kenny Murray has been an ever-present, but is um, really, I think Dave highly regards Kenny as a senior coach and as someone that is, is counsel and his advice. He 
he really looks forward to and um I think we can expect to see more more from from Kenny you know behind the scenes and certainly hear him when I'm at away games he shouts really loud but you um, hear him. from the booth but uh, <laughs> uh and then John DL will join us John's already been with us for about six weeks or so um learning observing and just kind of being a part of the coaching mix and, and so now he joins us full-time as well as one of our coaches so it's quite a good quite a strong coaching group um a good mixture of um ideas from outside of scotland but also people that really know scottish rugby uh really well too so i've um teased with this question um talking about the philosophy of our recruitment process but i'm actually just going to flat out ask you up um are we signing anyone else yeah we, we've got a few um three maybe even four signings already that we're just we're just keeping keeping under wraps for various reasons um but we think uh these guys will really enhance the squad and um probably you know we're not done there's probably a couple other positions we're looking at just to keep uh keep keep things you know ticking over um but again dave will he's been really strong on if someone's not going to enhance us then we're not going to sign them so you know there is there is money available to to go and get the right the right players if they're the right fit for us and we're the right fit for them okay and finally what does the summer look like for the club what does it look like for you it's the players are six weeks off. What happens? What happens up in these offices? Well, I regularly say that uh, June, if if this was retail, uh, June would be our December because mm -hmm. that's our busy, uh, our busiest sales month. So we're launching season tickets uh, later in the week. We've we've launched the brand um, this week, the new logo rather. Uh, we launched season tickets later in the week. Uh, we're renewing a lot of our a lot of our core sponsors and and business club members and all that kind of stuff. So that'll keep us pretty busy um, trying to trying to get into that and make sure we have have plenty of resources behind the club for next season. Maybe it'll maybe when the in July we'll we'll get a chance to step back and have a little bit of break. So Nathan, thanks very much. Thanks, Jack. Cheers. Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy.